Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I just want to start by kind of bringing your mind to thinking of the game of whack-a-mole. Have you ever played it? Do you know what I'm talking about? You've got perhaps a board, you've got um, lots of different things that pop up. You can play it on the computer, you can play it with animals, it's really fun. Um, but what happens is you get, you get something that pops up and you have to hit it as soon as you can, um, and then something else will pop up. And before you know it, there's another one, and another one, and another one, and they're coming at you faster and faster, and it's just your job to try and keep on top of everything. Sort that one out, sort that one out, sort that one out. And I don't know if your life is similar to mine. My life this week has definitely felt a lot like that. There's one problem that I need to deal with, and then there's another problem. And, oh, by the way, that thing's come up. We need to sort that out. I'm constantly addressing one problem after the next. And I don't know if this is something you can relate to or not, um, but I wonder if that is something that you feel like happens. How many of those things that pop up in your life that are coming up, that cause you stress, that give you worries, that makes you overwhelmed with everything that's happening, how many of those are directly or indirectly related to money? It might not be an immediate money problem, but has your car just broke down? You can't get to work. Maybe you've got to pay for it, and you need to get to work to get that money. There's so many different things that... I'm sure are so common amongst all of us, but they they will be directly or indirectly related to money. And whether we have a lot of money or whether we we have not a lot of money, um, money still plays a massive role in our lives. But I was just thinking the other day, why why does it play such a big part in our lives? Um, If you you imagine yourselves on a desert island with a £10 note, Picture it in your head. You're in a desert island with a £10 note. It's kind of a bit useless, isn't it? By itself, just, just by itself, um, I can't eat it. Um, I can't make a house from it. Could, maybe I could wear it, but I'd need quite a lot and it would be quite uncomfortable and just kind of getting a bit weird now. Um, <laughs> equally, maybe I've got my credit card. Again, can't eat it, can't burn it for any fuel or anything. The, 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 the currency that we have today, the money that we have today, is intrinsically quite worthless. Unlike back in the olden days when maybe we had a load of chickens. We had a load of chickens. We can sell... I'll trade you your, my chicken for some of your wood, Hannah. Thank you very much. And I now have some, a fire to eat my chicken, and you have a chicken to eat. That was the currency that we worked with. But our money isn't like that anymore. It's numbers. It's a piece of paper. It is a piece of plastic. But we all know that money isn't useless. Money is a tool. We trade it for goods, for services, and it gives us opportunities. Opportunities to obtain things we need, uh, to pay for services that help us. Money is a tool. And it's such a big part of our lives. We have therefore, here at CCM Reddish, been looking at the way, as a church, as Christians, as followers of Jesus... This big part of our lives, this money, how do we deal with it? How do we best 
use our money as followers of Jesus. Um, and uh, I think on the screen behind me, we'll, there's a little graphic that's going to come up and it's going to show what we've been talking about. We've had four weeks of this. The first week we talked about less is more. Less is more. And as in a, in a nutshell, it doesn't do it justice, but we were trying to explore the idea of contentment with what we have. Then we looked at stress is bad. I think it's quite obvious stress is bad, but when it comes to money, we discussed the idea of trusting in God's provision. And then last week, um, Andy talked to us about giving is good. That generosity to others as part of a calling, as part of our Christian walk, to bless others, but also as a blessing to ourselves in how we give. And today, I have the privilege of wrapping up the series. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about tomorrow matters. Think about how we can be wise and steward our money today, our resources, our opportunity for the future. So uh, if you have a Bible with you, um, or just look to the screen behind you, we're going to be looking at a passage in Genesis to guide us through this topic. Um, and we're going to be diving into the story of Joseph um, so if you don't uh, know the story of Joseph, or, you, or it's not familiar to you, um, Joseph was uh, one of the 12 sons of a guy called Jacob. Um, his father loved him more than all of the rest of his sons, and he gave him a coloured cloak. You might now recognise the story as Joseph and the Tick Coloured Dream Coat. <laughs> Hopefully that's uh, now being a bit more clear for you. But we've got Joseph. He's, got, he's a favourite son, and he's got this cloak. Um, all his brothers... Because of this, they were very jealous of him. Um, and they were so jealous of him that they sold him, sold him into slavery and he was taken off to Egypt. Um, he eventually goes on to become a steward um, to one of Pharaoh's officials uh, and to be put in charge of all of the resources in Egypt. Um, so I'm going to jump in at 25, uh, Genesis 41, verse 25. And it says, um, oh yeah, context for this as well. Um, Pharaoh has had a load of dreams. Um, he's seen seven fat cows, and then it's followed by seven thin cows. And then he has another dream, and he's seen seven really ripe, bursting full um, heads of grain. And then he's seen two withered, uh, seven withered ones. Um, and he asked Joseph to interpret his dream. And this is what Joseph says about the dream. Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are also seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine. And all of the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow. For it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that this thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. Let them gather all the food in those good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. 
That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. <coughs> Sorry, that was quite a long passage. Um, but when, when we consider this story, when we consider what's happening um, in the story of Joseph here, um, and we're thinking about tomorrow matters, and we think about what we do with our money, the first point that I want to share with you is that tomorrow is in God's hands. And I want to start here because I think it's more important than all the rest of the other things I'm going to talk about when we think about our finances and when we think about our future. Tomorrow is in God's hands. And whilst what lies ahead, what's coming tomorrow, may cause a lot of stress, it might cause us worry and it might cause us anxiety, perhaps we're worried about having enough money to get to the end of the month. Maybe we've got big life events coming up in our future, a wedding or starting a family that we know are going to be a financial strain. Maybe we worry about our health and the impacts that will have on our ability to work, our ability to earn money, and what that means for our future. Whatever it may be that comes to your mind when you think of the future and you think of your finances, it's important to first recognise and have faith in God's sovereign hand. He will work things, all things, for his good. And in the passage, we see that God knew exactly what was going to happen. He already knew about it. He was in charge of it, and he was able to speak into it. But God didn't prevent the famine coming. The famine still occurred. God wasn't unaware of it, and he did not care about it. But he prepared them for it, and he provided them with all they needed to survive it. And when we reflect on this and we think about what we are worried about tomorrow, maybe you're even facing it today, I want you to know that it's in God's hands. Yes, it might still happen. It might still come to pass. But take comfort that he has prepared you and he will provide all you need to get through it. And I think so often when these things of life come at us, um, something unexpected or, or something expected that we knew was going to come, but in a different way. We have so much fear. What are we going to do this time? How are we going to get through this? Um, and I think my prayer for all of us, um, as we feel like this, is to more and more remember that that faith, uh, and have that faith that tomorrow is in God's hands. Um, and there's a Psalm 112, which I think um, I would just love for us to be able to embody. I feel like um, I'm definitely not there yet, but it says, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. And their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Imagine having no fear of bad news. That phone goes, someone wants to chat with you, something's come up and you have no fear. I know I'm not there yet and I, I long to be in that position where we have no fear of bad news. But that's what God wants us to know. We can trust it to his hands. But when we don't know that tomorrow's in God's hands or we forget that God is in charge... We struggle to trust him, don't we? We don't, we don't trust that he's prepared us. We don't trust that he will provide for us. And we take tomorrow into our own hands. Out of our fear, or out of our worry, we take control of tomorrow. 
And I think this can especially be reflected in some of our attitudes and our actions with our money. As we said, it impacts so many aspects of our lives. We can look to this as where our heart lies. And I think um, one of the mistakes that we can make when we don't trust that tomorrow's in God's hands is that we can't face tomorrow. We avoid dealing with money altogether. We worry about the future, those anxieties overwhelm us. We also don't want to deal with it ourselves. We don't trust that God's got it, but we can't deal with it either. Maybe it's too big for us. We have no idea how we'll ever get it sorted. We can't face tomorrow. The second thing we might do when we forget that tomorrow's in God's hands is we can't wait for tomorrow. We don't understand that it's in God's hands and what he has for us tomorrow, so we spend all our money today. Imagine what the people of Egypt must have thought that first year of that plentiful, abundant harvest. And Joseph, a foreigner from the Israelite, an Israelite foreigner put in charge, tells them, all that harvest that you've worked hard for, you've laboured after all that, um, I'm going to have to take some of that. Um, that's going to be for the famine that my God has told me about. Not your God, but my God has told me that that famine is coming. I can't imagine it was that easy for them to sacrifice what they thought they deserved, what they've worked hard for, for God's plans for the future. And similarly, I think our culture today is built, isn't it, on instant gratification. If I want something, I can have something now. Whether it's food, whether it's what I want to watch, whether it's um, ordering something off the internet, clothes, things, stuff. If I want it now, I can have it now. And for some of us, when we don't remember that tomorrow is in God's hands, we cannot wait for what God has for us tomorrow. We're impulsive, we're impatient, we yearn after that lifestyle, that identity, that belonging. And then we spend all our money trying to get get it. But when tomorrow comes and you spend all you've had on yesterday, we're in trouble. And finally, the third thing I think we can do when we forget that tomorrow is in God's hands is we can't let go of tomorrow. We can't trust that it's in God's hands for tomorrow, so we're trying to control it. We can't let go of our control. So what do we do? We hoard up all our money as our security. We don't trust that God's got it. We put that trust in our bank account. Our contentment then begins to grow from how much we have saved, how much stuff we have. We've prepared ourselves rather than what God wants for our tomorrow. And no matter how much we have or how little we have, when we forget that God's got our tomorrow in hand, sometimes we forget that he has the power to take that all away as well. He has the power to ask us to give it all up. And if we've made our security in that, we're in trouble. So whatever it is that you're worried about for tomorrow... It may still come to pass and it still might occur, but be comforted that he has prepared you for it. He will provide for you to get through it. So all that being said, what can we do about it? What do we do when we consider our money and the future? Um, So I'm just going to walk through a couple of things. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is honourable stewardship. So stewardship is this idea of supervising um, or taking care of something. Um, But I wanted us to think about stewardship as managing God's blessings, God's way, for God's glory. And I think when we have that in mind, when we're thinking about our money, um, 
I think this could be a really helpful to put things into perspective, the decisions that we make uh, and the actions that we choose. Um, and this is an idea that stems uh, all the way back to creation in Genesis, when God told Adam and Eve, um, you have dominion over all the fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moved on the earth. Ever since the beginning, God wants to partner with us. He wants to collaborate with us in stewarding all of his creation. When we realise that our role is in stewardship, and that is our purpose, it can really change the way that we deal and think about money. And I think there's some amazing things when we reflect on what stewardship is that um, can really encourage us. Um, And the first one is that God wants to partner and collaborate with us. Um, How crazy is that? Um, I think I'm a scientist by... uh, Nature, I guess. Um, if I think of someone like Albert Einstein, um, imagine Albert Einstein uh, invited you to get involved in his next project. Um, all right, all right, Albert Einstein. Um, I'm not that good, trust me. Um, he doesn't need me to help him with his project. He has all of the capacity, all the resources, all the brains, but he values my input. He wants me to be a part of his beloved ideas. And in the same way, God values you so much that he wants you to be part of stewarding his creation. But this also comes with a responsibility. God has honoured us to be the collaborators and the partners with him. um, And this brings with it um, a responsibility to wisely manage all that God has blessed us with. um, And then to bless others. And then if we look at that Joseph passage that we just read... We see that Joseph is put in place of the overseer of Egypt. Um, He wisely stewarded the resources, putting some aside so that they had some in the famine. Um, But more than that, when you read on further in the story, um, they they see that not only Egypt was fed through what Joseph had done, the whole earth was fed by what uh, what Joseph had done. And do you remember his brothers that had sold him to Egypt in the first place? Um, he uh, kind of reunites with them at the end of the story and he turns around to them and he says this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph could glorify God through his stewardship. He could point that everything he'd been through, everything that he had managed to uh, do was for the glory of God and his plans. Um, But most of all, in stewardship, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to manage God's blessings, God's way for God's God's glory. And this opportunity is so abundant in our finances. Part of every part of our lives, there's always something we can be doing. And as we discuss throughout this series, where your treasure is, there your heart lies also. And when we understand that stewarding is one of Um, God's purposes for us it's God's role for us Um, I think it can be really transformational at how we look at money because as jobs of stewarding of looking after God's stuff that is the very point isn't it it's not our stuff it's God's all we have comes from God Um, I think a verse behind me is going to come up um, and it's uh, King David, after he's uh, just given all his gold and all of his stuff to build the temple, and he said, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power, the glory, the majesty, and the splendor. Everything in the heaven and the earth is yours. 
And all we have comes from God. And I think when we start to really understand this in our hearts, it really helps us to um, manage and think wisely with what we do with our money. Um, Every year at Christmas, my grandma, she gives me a very generous amount of money, bless her. Um, And she always tells me, spend it wisely, spend it wisely. Um, But I also know she'll always ask me, what have I spent it on? Where did did the money go that she she gifted to me? Um, Likely, I'll probably tell her or I'll feel obliged to tell her that, you know, it's gone in my savings towards a car or it's paid to replace my broken back door or I'm actually going to use it to take my friend out for a meal. And I know she'll be pleased with how I've, how I've used it, how I've spent it, where it's gone. I know for sure I'm a lot less likely to tell my grandma, thank you for that gift, grandma. Um, I've gone on some real wild nights out, have a wild time. Uh, I've had lots of takeaways, um, and I don't actually know where all the rest has gone. Um, I'm also less likely to tell her, Thank you so much, Grandma, for your gift. Um, I've not actually spent a penny of it. It's gone in my pension. I'm going to take it out in 60 years' time. Um, And I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that with my money, just an example, but it's because I know that's probably that what she wouldn't intended me to do with the money when she gave it to me as a gift. She gave it to me to bless me, um, to use wisely. And I feel a responsibility to do so, to use it wisely, to honour her in how I'm using that gift and when we think of our money the same way as a gift from God our money is God's money we have to honor him well and to steward it wisely for his purposes so what does it mean to steward our finances well well I'm getting there um I'm just going to dive uh, really quickly into some biblical wisdom about saving and we've talked uh, in the series throughout the rest of the weeks about um Less is more, giving is good, and stress is bad. So if you haven't listened to those, they're such a big part of all of the stewardship, so do take a look at that. But today, um, focusing on saving, I'm going to dive into what the Bible says about saving. So when we think of being wise, um, wisdom is this idea of having experience or knowledge and good judgment, or being based on sensible thinking. Um, So with that in mind, when we think of money... And we think simply, there's three things we can do with money. We can spend it, we can save it, or we can give it away. Um, So therefore, wisdom is making good judgments and sensible thinking with how we spend, save, or give our money. And if I was to generalise, and if I was to make a big sweeping statement, I would argue that more often than not, the way we think about these three categories is, I'm going to live on the money that I have now I'll save some if I can and whatever's left over I can give that away and unfortunately for so many of us we spend way more than we earn that there's none left to save and there's definitely none left to give but I think regardless of how big or how small that amount of money that you have how much you earn what you've got I think God asks us to flip this the other way around give first Give first to God, commit your first fruits, as they say in the, in the Old Testament, recognising that everything comes from God. Giving should be first. Then we should save some for tomorrow, just like we, we read about in the, in the Joseph story, saving up that stuff for tomorrow. And then we live off the rest. We give, we save, and then we live. Um, 
But why should we save at all? And how do we be good stewards by saving? Um, Well, if you want to look for wisdom in the Bible, it's always good to jump into Proverbs. Um, And in Proverbs, they have quite a lot of things to say about savings. Um, In Proverbs 21, it says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fool gulps theirs down. And in Proverbs 6, it says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. In other words, wisdom is not spending everything at once, not getting that instant gratification, not thinking about just the here and now, putting some aside, just as those ants do, to last through winter. We should put some aside of our choice food and olive oil, our money, that's what it would be today, so that we have some for later. The wisdom in saving is recognising that a small act of self-denial now will help us in the future. Um, And most obviously we see in the the passage of Joseph that we've talked so much about today. The terrible famine was coming, seven whole years of it. um, And God, through Joseph, informed Pharaoh that he needed to put some aside for later. Um, Now, although our lives may not look like that of Joseph's and the people of Egypt's, um, we, we don't have fat cows and we don't have thin cows. We don't have fat grains of corn and thin grains of corn. But I think we can all relate to having years of abundance or times of abundance and times of scarcity. It might be your job circumstance right now, your life stage, personal choices you've made, or even the global economic scenario. Um, we can find ourselves having more than we need and times when we have less than we need. And I don't mean more than we want or less than we want. I mean need. Joseph did not allow the nation of Egypt to spend all they had in those years of plenty. They put some aside for the future. Through God's wisdom, they used their fat cow years to prepare them for their thin cow years. And you might be sat here thinking, just that's all well and good, but God told them that the thin yard the thin cow years were coming. And that is true. God did speak into that situation. And for many of us, we don't know when we're going to have that abundance. We don't know when that scarcity is going to come. And often we won't have as much control over it. But just like all those things that come up in our lives, um, this is going to happen to us too. I read in the news the other day that the price of cheese, um, it rose 49% since last February. Um, I did not see that one coming. That was very unexpected. Um, And I joke about cheese, but right now, I'm just so aware of how difficult financial times are for you right now. I think a lot of us are in a thin cow season. But if we can be diligent in putting something aside, no matter how little, no matter how insignificant it feels, we will see that grow over time and it will put us in a better position for tomorrow. And I think as disciples of Jesus, we are called both to acknowledge God's wisdom and acknowledging our role as stewards. And together, we can be tomorrow's blessing. So I just want to finish um, just by summing up all that I've spoken about in terms of why we would want to save. Why would we want to be stewards? And if we just jump back into the, the passage of Joseph for the last time, do you notice how in, with the fat cows and the thin cows, um, 
Joseph did not put aside 20% in that fat cow year and keep it there. He didn't just keep saving all the extras. He didn't hoard all that he had. When the need arose, the grain that was saved was used to survive. And not only was it available to be used in Egypt, as I mentioned before, Joseph's stewardship meant that it provided for all the earth, enabling them to survive the famine as well. It says, moreover, all of the earth came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy grain, because the famine was so severe over all the earth. But Joseph was able to do it. He was able to provide. And similarly for us, when we've wisely stewarded it, what God has given us and God's stuff, we will know that tomorrow's is in good hands. And we can share that with others, that reassurance. We can have that confidence and trust in God. We will also know that everything is God's anyway. And then we're less focused on ourselves. And we'll know that there's wisdom in putting a little bit aside now for when those thin cow years come. And what that means is that we will not be hindered to continue to bless others whether it's with our money, whether it's with our resources, but even with that peace that God brings in that financial um, peace that we can have not only money to bless others, but our gifts and our resources and our time. Even when difficult times comes, even when money is tight, God has given us what we need. And when we save, we're not doing so to watch those numbers tick over to add up We're not saving to build a bigger pile of stuff. And we're not saving to serve ourselves in the future. When we save, it's not to make ourselves rich now or in the future, but to enable us to have a continuously generous life, managing God's blessings, God's way for God's glory. And I think when we live to honour God with our money this way and not honour ourselves, we don't think selfishly about our money. We trust God has tomorrow. Instead of our savings being our saviour, we can let Jesus be. Instead of seeing giving as a loss of all the things that we can't do anymore, we see giving as joyful. We are excited to bless others. And we can do so abundantly and continuously because we are prepared to do so. So no matter what that figure is in your bank account, no matter how much you earn or what you do or you don't have, God promises us all life to the full through his son, Jesus. And unfortunately, our finances, our money is so intertwined with every aspect of our lives now and in the future it's so easy to get caught up in what they bring. But I think God ultimately wants us um, to have peace, peace in our finances, and that is so, so hard to achieve. Um, But when, when we seek God, knowing that he has tomorrow in hand, we can have and find that peace. We can trust in God's provision and his promises that he will see us through tomorrow. And he just asks us to collaborate, to take part with him, to steward wisely all that he has blessed us with. 